Uh, I wonder if anyone knows the significance of May 2013. Uh, James Hamilton. Do you know the significance? He doesn't know. He will after this. Uh, so uh, the reason he should know is because he's a United fan. Uh, so it's when uh, so Alex Ferguson uh, retired as Manchester United manager um, uh, and the uh, demise of Manchester United. Uh, so anyway, he, uh, he's been in charge of Manchester United for 27 years. That's a, I don't think we're ever going to see that again as a, a league manager. Uh, he played, well, he didn't play, he managed 810 Premier League uh, matches, and out of all of those matches, he had won 528, and he helped the club win a record 13 Premier League titles. He is uh, the most successful British manager in history, and in May 2013, it all came to an end and came crashing down. And since uh, between then and now, what we have is a, a continual manager after manager that seems to just fail to continue that level of success. Uh, when things change, we always have this question, which is, will what's started continue? Will the success at Manchester United continue under a new manager? Well, here in Two Kings, uh, we're looking at the end of Elijah's life and ministry. Uh, and after 24 years of ministry, 24 years of serving God as his prophet, he is heaven bound. He is heaven bound. Elijah's ministry might be coming to an end, but there are a lot of unanswered questions. Uh, as he goes. Remember uh, a few weeks ago, if you were here, uh, Jeff Houston was preaching to us uh, from 1 Kings chapter 19. And uh, in that passage, God promises judgment on his people who have turned away, uh, but promises mercy on a, on a remnant, on 7,000 people that haven't. And right at the end of that, uh, God commands Elijah to start this work, to start the work of bringing God's judgment and mercy uh, by anointing three people, uh, two kings and a successor, Hazael, Jehu, who are the kings, and then uh, a new prophet, Elisha, who will be his successor. Now, uh, if you uh, read the chat, uh, read between 1 Kings 19 and 2 Kings 2, which is where we are today, you will see that Elijah didn't actually do it. He didn't actually get round to anointing the kings. He called Elisha and Elisha started following him and became his servant. But he didn't do the two kings. He didn't anoint those two kings. And so... Uh, in the first verse of our passage, when uh, it says God is calling Elijah home to heaven, the question we're left with is, well, hold on a second. What about, what about the work that was started? Uh, will this work continue? Uh, today, what we're going to see uh, from this passage uh, is that although people come and go, God's plan continues. It continues through Elisha. It continues through Jesus, and ultimately it continues through the church today. So firstly, uh, God's plan continues through Elisha. 
Now, this is a very uh, human story, isn't it? It's a story of of two men as they travel uh, on Elijah's last day on earth. It's a lovely story, but it's also full of significance. It's a touching story, uh, but it's also a story which is testing character and a story about confirmation of God's sovereign choice of the person who will continue this unfinished work of God's plan of judgment and mercy. If you remember back to uh, 1 Kings 16, Elijah blasted onto the national stage. He was almost like a tornado uh, sweeping through the land. But as we've gone through Elijah's life, I'm hoping that one thing you have seen is that he is filled with grace-filled perseverance. Elijah keeps trusting in God and kept following him through thick and thin. He is focused on God to the very end. It's who he is. It's, it's a trait of his. And it's a trait which seems very rare and in stark contrast to the people uh, around in Elijah's ministry who seem to be more interested uh, in trusting uh, themselves, putting themselves first and worshipping invented gods uh, rather than uh, trusting in the true and living God. If God's work is going to continue beyond Elijah, then Elijah's successor is going to need to share his grace-filled perseverance. As you read the first six verses of uh, the passage today, which uh, is in the inside of the sheet, do uh, follow along with me. Uh, there are, there's a couple of things that jump off the page. Uh, one of them, uh, the key one, is Elisha's loyalty. Do you notice that? Uh, he says, I will not leave you. I will not leave you. I will not leave you. Three times, Elijah tells Elisha to stay. And three times, Elisha says, I will walk with you. Elijah gives Elisha the option of not continuing, of not uh, following in his footsteps. There is an easy out each time. Just stay here, Elisha. But each time, it's rebuffed. Elisha is ready. Elisha is insistent, no, I will follow you to the very end. I will follow you to the end. Elisha is ready He's ready for the responsibility of continuing God's work. And he's showing that through his actions and his perseverance. But ultimately, Elijah's successor is not Elijah's choice. In verse 9, Elisha asked for a double portion of Elijah's spirit. And Elijah replies that Elisha has asked a difficult question. And they'll only receive it if Elisha sees Elijah when he's taken. Now, it might seem a slightly strange interaction and what on earth is going on, but what Elisha is asking for here is to be seen as Elijah's heir. You see, in those days, uh, the eldest son uh, would inherit a double portion of the father's estate in order to continue that family line. Elisha want to be recognized 
as Elijah's eldest son, as the successor of Elijah. Elijah responds, well, it's not for him to decide. He can't make Elisha his successor. He knows that it's only God who appoints and chooses. And he says that Elisha will know if God chooses him because he'll see Elijah go up to heaven. And in verse 11, we see God confirms his choice by allowing Elisha to see that amazing uh, journey, that amazing final journey into heaven, home with God. Elijah has gone. He has gone home to heaven with God. And as you can imagine, Elisha, he's devastated. He tears his clothes in half. He's in pain. He's torn in two, but he is definitely God, uh, uh, Elijah's successor. God's plan continues through Elisha. And if there is any doubt that Elisha is called to be Elijah's successor, then the 50 witnesses confirm this uh, for us and for Elisha. You see, uh, back in verse 7, there's an interesting contrast between uh, Elijah and Elisha, which you can see. Back in verse uh, 7, uh, Elijah and Elisha come to the River Jordan. They're in the land. They come to the River Jordan. Elijah rolls up his cloak. He performs a miracle uh, which, uh, by slapping the water um, with his cloak. The water parts, which echoes Moses and the Red Sea. He divides the Jordan in two. The two men cross the river on dry land. On the other side, which is outside the land, outside of God's land, Elijah is taken away by, in a whirlwind and by chariots of fire. In verse 13, look down with me at that one, Elisha picks up Elijah's cloak, returns back to the river Jordan, he takes the cloak, he performs an identical miracle, rolling up the cloak, slapping the water. The water does exactly the same thing. It parts. He walks across the, uh, across the dry ground and he returns back into God's land, back to God's people. And he is wearing Elijah's clothes. He is dressed, he is clothed as Elijah. The 50 witnesses recognize this uh, for us he has elijah's spirit he is elijah's true successor elisha you see is no longer a servant of man but he is a servant of god elisha returns to god's people in god's land and he continues to do god's work and he does he continues to do god's work until god calls him home Elisha must be someone like Elijah who fixes his eyes on the coming glory, who continues to trust in God regardless of what that means for himself. I've been in uh, Chesham here for 10 years and I've met some amazing uh, people, uh, some uh, great examples of faith and courage, and I'm sure that you can think of many uh, like that. Uh, some are still with us here today. Uh, some have uh, moved to new churches or new places, even new countries. Some have been called home into heaven. People are finite. We have a, a short time on earth. But God's plan, God's work, continues 
Elisha goes on to serve God for over 50 years. He does anoint those two kings Elijah started. He does start that job of bringing God's judgment and mercy. But he starts it. He doesn't complete it. Because because God's work continues. It doesn't finish with Elijah. It doesn't finish with Elisha. It continues. God's plan continues through Jesus. You see, this passage isn't actually an isolated uh, story, but it actually points uh, forward to the continuation of God's plan beyond Elisha. Let me show you what I mean. Uh, Come with me to Mark's gospel. It should be on the screen, we're hoping. Um, It says this, this is the beginning of Mark, chapter 1, verses 9 to 11. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth to Galilee and was baptized by John in the river Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son with whom I am well pleased. Can you spot the similarities there? As Elisha parts the river Jordan, he is publicly proclaimed as Elijah's successor, the one who will continue God's plan. And then at the same spot, the identical spot on the river Jordan, years down the line, another man, someone who people didn't really know, went into the river As he returns out out of the river, heaven opens, the spirit descends, and he is proclaimed to be God's chosen king. A few verses uh, earlier, uh, Mark says, uh, John the Baptist is the one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Why is he that? He's preparing the way because the Lord will bring judgment on those who abandoned God. But for those who trust in him, he gives mercy by taking that judgment upon himself. Elisha was faithful to his master. He persevered like Elijah. Elisha Elisha promised, I will not leave you. And Jesus does the same. He follows God. He is loyal to God. He perseveres through thick and thin. He fixes his eyes on heaven and says, not my will, but yours be done in the face of the cross. In Kings, Elijah anoints Elisha to continue God's work. In Mark, the new Elijah anoints the Son of God to bring about that judgment and mercy. But where do we all fit into this? So finally, see, the plan doesn't finish ultimately at Jesus' death and resurrection. The plan continues. It continues uh, through the church. Uh, in your, uh, with the passage, have a look down at verses 12 to 15 with me. Uh, we've already seen that it is ultimately fulfilled in Jesus' baptism. But I wonder if you notice another similarity. When Jesus was taken to heaven, his disciples go back to uh, Jerusalem where God's people were gathered. And then uh, they are anointed by the Holy Spirit. 
And then they begin to fulfill the command which was given to them to go and make disciples of all nations. You see, the church is anointed by God to continue God's plan. The church has a role in God's plan. We have a job. It's not, uh, it's not to carry out judgment and mercy. We are called to proclaim God's coming judgment and mercy. We are called to proclaim that Jesus will return. And when he does, he will bring judgment. We are called to proclaim that there is a way to receive mercy. And that that way is through trusting in Jesus' death on the cross in our place. When I first arrived in Chesham all those years ago, uh, I didn't really know what I was meant to do. I genuinely didn't have a clue. I, I was young. I, there was an established youth ministry here in the church. Uh, I was imagining in my head, coming in and thinking of revolutionary ideas and uh, amazing groups. But when I got here, none of that was needed. Uh, one evening, John Shepherd uh, said to a group that I was part of, um, you know what? The people in Chesham, John, don't need the most brilliant youth worker with the best ideas and revolutionary groups. <laughs> yeah, I'm embarrassed to say that I did the set design, so sorry about that. <laughs> I'll fix that later. Uh, John Shepherd said to me that uh, the people in Chesham, the young people, don't need the most brilliant youth worker with the best ideas, the revolutionary groups. No, they need a youth worker who loves Jesus. Who loves Jesus and wants to share him with them. And you know what? That struck me and that's stuck with me ever since. See, following Jesus isn't about having the most amazing ideas or being the most gifted person on the planet. Rather, it's about continuing that work that has begun. Remember the key traits of Elijah? I remember the key traits that Elijah's successor needed to have, that Jesus has. That trait uh, which all the servants of God in the Bible share. A calling of grace-filled perseverance. A willingness to trust in God. It's seen perfectly in Jesus. It is how we are called to act. We are called into Christ-like action and words. To be faithful to Christ. To be faithful to God to death, even death on a cross. So if you're not a, if you're not a Christian here today, you are very, uh, very welcome. But I hope that you hear the stark warning from this passage and from the life of Elisha, which is then fulfilled in Jesus. That warning that judgment is coming one day, Jesus will judge us. Whether you believe in him or not, judgment is coming. No one meets God's standards, but there is a way out. With judgment comes mercy. Jesus has taken the judgment of our wrongdoing and the rejection of God upon himself so that we can be part of God's family. So that we don't face that judgment on our own. If you are a Christian here today, as we come to the end of Elijah's life, uh, we can clearly see our own frailty. 
how uh, our short role in God's eternal plan. But we do have a role. God's work continues. It continued through Elisha. It continued through Jesus who takes that judgment and offers mercy. Uh, Jesus who says to the church, I will not leave you. I will not walk away. Even when we walk away from him, he says, I will not leave you. God's plan comes to a conclusion in the return of Christ, in the judgment that is to come. But until then, we, the church, are called to proclaim that coming judgment, to hold out the mercy of Christ, to stand for Christ, and to be Christ-like to the very end. Fix our eyes on the coming glory of heaven and live for God right now. Why don't we finish in prayer? Father God, we thank you and we praise you for uh, the, the life of Elijah. We thank you for his grace-filled perseverance. We thank you that he fixed his eyes on you at all times. We thank you that we can see the work, your work continuing through Elisha. We thank you that he shares that trait, that he demonstrates to us the importance of persevering in our faith, of fixing our eyes on you. Thank you and praise you for Jesus, who uh, takes the judgment upon himself, who offers mercy to those who trust in him. We pray for ourselves. Help us to be Christ-like in our actions. Help us as a church and as individuals to hold out that mercy, to proclaim the coming judgment, and to be Christ-like in our actions and our words. Help us to be faithful to the end. Help us to fix our eyes on Christ. Amen.